Okay, today we are going to complete Masech Ksubis. Finally made it to the finish line. Parak Yud Gimel, Mishnah's Test Yud and Yud Aleph. And we have a total of 111 Mishnahs that we completed. 111, which was delivered in approximately 56 Yurim at a pace of two Mishnahs a day on average. Uh, we started way back on January 30th. And we're completing it today on April 3rd, April 3rd, which took us 65 days. And in the course of these 65 days, dedicating some time to do, to, to, to do two missions a day, it only took you a total of 9 hours and 20 minutes. Unbelievable. That's all it was. So let's do it. Mishnah Tess. Shnayim, two people. They take a Shtarchov on each other. And the Mishnah explains, Uzman Ksivas Shtaro Shelzeh, Ma'uchar Uzman Perun Shtaro Shelzeh. So you got Reuben and Shimon. Each one takes out a Shtarchov, says, Hey, you owe me money. Another one says, Hey, you owe me money. But one of the Shtarchovs was written later than the payment date of the other Shtar. Admon Omer, Admon says, This is the final Mishnah of Admon's, uh, the things that Admon said. This is the seventh thing that Admon said. It says Admon, that Zeshabiyad, this one that has the star, which is later dated, meaning it was written after the other one had the, pay, the due date already um, inscribed over there. So he could claim, Had I been high of you money, right, on the star that you are showing me, why on earth would you be borrowing money from me now? Right, you're borrowing money from me, just take the money that I owe you. LMI, if you're borrowing money from me, it must be that I paid you back already. So therefore, he's got a good claim. The Chachamim Ovim, the Chachamim say, no. Ain Chobo Shal Rishon, Nifka, Ptanos, Zushal Shani. The first guy's debt is not going to be Nifka, not going to be, you know, um, released because of the claim of the second one. Rather, Zagoba Shar Chobo, Zagoba Shar Chobo, each one has the right to collect his debt, which is due to him. Shkol Echad, each one, Hal Vishar Chobo, since each one has a Shar Chobo in his hand. Naaman Altavi also he's believed on his claim. So the Chum are arguing on Admon. Admon has his opinion. Chum have their opinion. And the Lacha, this Mishnah follows like the Chachamim. Short Mishnah. Mishnah Yud. Mishnah Yud Mishnah Yud Aleph have nothing to do with Admon. Admon is done with his seven sayings. Now we'll complete the Mesechta and the Perak with these two Mishnayos. Says Mishnah Yud. Shalosh Arotzos, there are three lands, three tchum, three borders in Eretz Yisrael, let us for marriage. What does this mean? Yehuda, the, t- the place, the, the lands of Yehuda, the lands of Aver HaYardin, and the lands of the Galil. That if a person marries a woman in one of these lands, Vuhu, and he is from that land, Eniyachalakofa, right? Uh, he cannot force her, Shetetzimo, that she leaves with him to another land to live with him. For example, if he married a woman in Yehuda, he cannot bring her against her will to live in the Galil or to live in the Avrahai Yardin. However, they do point out if it's Im Adam Galil, if it's a man from Galil who marries a woman in Yehuda, right, or the other way around, then Kobra said he could force her, Lotus Imo, to leave with him. Shalmanaz Kenas, because it was on this condition that he had married her. All right. Ein Motzin Meir Leir. A husband is not permitted to force his wife to leave with him, to leave, you know, she takes a email to leave with him to another land, even if it's from city to city, 
Meaning, if they're sitting in the city, the husband wants to leave to another land, and he'll he'll dwell, he'll live in the city there also. He's going from Manhattan to some other country where he'll be living in a city also. So at the end of the day, it is city to city. He cannot force his wife to do that. Similarly, uh, if there's a krach, krach is a village, it's, it's a place where the, the shukim, where the marketplaces are, and it's bigger than a city. Some say, some explain that a krach is an ir gedol, it's a great, it's a big city which is surrounded by a wall. The point is that it's bigger than a city. So vimem yoshim bekrach, if they're dwelling in the krach, in the, in the krach, in the village, and the husband wants to leave to another village in another land, he cannot force his wife to leave with him. Aval, but if it's in the same land, Kigon, he marries a woman in Yehuda, and now the husband wants to leave. He wants to leave the place in this very, very same land from one place in Yehuda to another place in Yehuda. Then he can force her to leave with her with him from city to city in Yehuda, for example. From village to village, for example, in Yehuda, that would be okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. All right. but You cannot go from an ear to a krach. Not from a krach to an ear. Shemhem Yoshim, if they're dwelling in the city, he cannot force her to go to the krach. And so do the other way around. Why? Because the ear and the krach both have milos and chasronos, pros and cons to each other. Them to, to, to each other. For example, living in the krach, it's harder, it's kosher labrios, it's, it's, it's not so, it's hard for your health. Uh, why it's a big city. Whereas in the, in the, in the ear, which is a smaller city, there's ganos, there's gardens, there's pardesim, there's orchards near the houses, and the air there is tzach, it's clear, it's beautiful, it's healthy for the, for the, for the brios. So here you see that the city, the ear, has an advantage over the krach, over the big city, because the ear has more gardens and stuff. Whereas Umazos, to the opposite effect, right? The the needs of the people in the krach are much easier found than the needs for a city because the krach has all the marketplaces, right? You got all the grocery stores over there, so you have much more access to the you know to the market in the krach than in the city. See, each one has its mile, each one has its chesronos, each one has the pros, each one has the cons. So granted, if you're in Yehuda, for example, you're in one land, you're not leaving the land, you can force your wife to go from city to city or krach to krach. But from city to krach, from ear to krach or krach to ear, city to bigger city, your bigger city to, city to the smaller city, um, that is going to be, you cannot force your wife to go with you. That's forbidden. Next, motimi a person is permitted to bring his wife with him against her will, from a place where the dwelling is bad to a place where the dwelling is beautiful. Uh, some explain, uh, He's living in a place where all the food is expensive. He wants to go someplace where there's a lot more food and it's for cheaper. The point is, is he wants to upgrade from a, you know, a, a bad place, quote unquote, to a better place. That he could force his wife to do. They can't force her to go from a Navayafa, from a pleasant place, to go live in an unpleasant place. He argues and he says, No. You can't even force your wife to go from a bad place to a better place, to a good place. In Copenhagen, you cannot force your wife to, to leave with you. 
Because the Nafa Yafa is Bodik. What does that mean? The better place it is Bodik as a guf, it, it, it inspects the woman's body. Meaning, if the woman is not healthy, for example, it makes a bad effect on her. Because they explain over here, any kind of change, any kind of change, I feel a little toba, even if it's a good change, it causes illness. Like the Gemara explains, that when a woman's uh, menstrual period changes, it begins some kind of illness in the stomach, gives her stomach, stomach pains. Therefore, you cannot force his wife to leave with him against her will, even if you're going from a Navara, from a bad place to a better place, where there's more gardens, or there's more, whatever it is, it's a better place, you can't force your wife, because it's, at the end of the day, there's change, and change can have a bad effect on a person, even if you're changing to a better place. And the Rambam, asks, the Rambam actually paskins like Rabbi Shulam ben Gamliel. And then the Tosefta brings that, uh, you, the last point over here is, is that you could force uh, uh, your wife to move from a city where there's you know, majority Goyim to a city where there's majority Jews, but you can't force her to leave from, majority, from a city where there's majority of Jews to a city with a majority of Goyim. All right, that's Mishnah Yud. Let's go ahead and do Mishnah Yud Aleph, and we'll call it a day. HaKalmal in Laret Yisrael, Rashai Kol Adam, any person can go ahead, Lakuf as called, but a base to force his family, Shiali Mulet to have them move with him to Eretz Yisrael. Even if you're going from a Naviyefa to Navarafma, you know, you had it all good in, in Chutzla Eretz, and you're going to some, you know, small house in Eretz Yisrael where it's not going to be, it's going to be tight for you, you could still force your family, not just your wife, your whole family, to move with you. Even Meir Shirobi Yisrael, even if it's, you're coming from a city, where there was majority Jews, and you're going to go to a city with the majority of Gaim, it's still permitted to do it. Uh, 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 the head of the household can force his family to move with him. And the opposite. A person cannot force his wife and his children and his family to move from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzla Aretz. That he can't do. So if a person is living with his family somewhere in Eretz Yisrael, he can force them all, his wife and kids, to move with him to Yerushalayim. And a person cannot force his wife and kids to move out of Yerushalayim to some other place in Eretz Yisrael. Meaning, so here's, here's the point of clarification. Whether the man, whether the woman, they can force each other to move to Eretz Yisrael, to move to Yerushalayim. Ah, so it's not just the husband, it's even the wife. They can force each other. And if the wife doesn't want to go to with the husband, the husband could say, "You could leave me without if that without him even giving her a ksuba." Unbelievable. And if the husband doesn't want to go with the wife, then he's obligated to divorce her, and to give her a ksuba. Amazing. And some also explain that they add servants as well, meaning a person can force his evid every his Jewish servant to move with him. But of course, the Jewish servant in Rishai Lakofo cannot force cannot force the the master, right? Um, and the in Rishai Lakofo right? So basically, a master can force his servant to move with him to Eretz Yisrael or in Eretz Yisrael to Yerushalayim, but he cannot force his servant to move with him um, outside Eretz Yisrael to Chutz Laaretz, right? And the servant can never force his master to do anything, even to go from Chutz Laaretz to Eretz Yisrael. Alright. If he marries a woman in Eretz Yisrael, he divorces her in Eretz Yisrael, then he pays her with a ksuba from the money of Eretz Yisrael coins. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. 
Nasi Isha Beretzoy marries a woman in Eretzov, a Gersha be Kaputkia. He divorces her in Kaputkia. Kaputkia was a city, Medina province, Ba'asya Hakatana, in the Asya Hakatana. And the coins there were bigger both in value and in weight from the coins of Eretzov. So if he married Eretzov and divorced her in Kaputkia, knows in law, Mimaos Eretzov. He just pays her from the coins of Eretzov. He's not obligated to pay her her ksuba with the bigger coins in Kaputkia. Um, and he could just use the coins of Eretzov. Now, so Isha be Kaputkia, if he married a woman in Kaputkia and he divorced of a Gershab, right? So he divorced her in Eretzov. No sin love, he mores Eretzov. Excuse me. Again, he gives her money for the ksuba from the coins of Eretzov. Digmar explains the reason because since the ksuba is only rabbinic, it's only the rabbanan, the chachamim were lenient in the payment amount. And therefore, even though he married her in Kaputkia, right? The nimtzah is obligated to give her a ksuba from the coins of Kaputkia. Nevertheless, if he's divorcing her in Eretz Yisrael, he can give her the coins from Eretz Yisrael. But Shimon Begamliel Omer knows he loves me most Kaputkia. He says, no, he's got to give her the coins from Kaputkia. Because since he married her in Kaputkia, even though he divorced her in Eretz Yisrael, he's obligated to give her the coins from Kaputkia. Because the Shimon Begamliel holds that Aksub is actually Minatora. It's the Iraisa. And therefore, the din is like all other kind of debt. Shaholchem, you always go after the makam of the Sheba, the place where the Sheba, would, where the lean would be. And therefore, you'd have to give her from the Kaputkia coins. And it looks, and, and this would be the case, right, where he married her, of course, in Kaputkia and divorced her in Eretz Yisrael. They thought to give her the coins from, from Kaputkia. And then lastly, he married in Kaputkia, he divorced in Kaputkia, of course. No Salami was Kaputkia, he's got to pay her from the coins of Kaputkia, and that would be the divide called to everybody, not to Sabashim Gomil, but even Tanakama. And the Rambam explains that a Mishnah mentioned Kaputkia just as a mushal, as an example, because it was close to Eretz Yisrael, but really who had them to any other place that their ruling would apply in the way the Mishnah laid it out. With that, we complete Mishnah Yad Aleph. Salak Masech Taksubis, we complete Masech Taksubis. Mouths up to everybody, and God willing, Sunday, we'll begin a new Masechta with Masechta Nedarim.